listeners. Welcome to Grief Out Loud. Remember the last time you tried to talk about grief and suddenly everybody left the room? Grief Out Loud is opening up this often avoided conversation because grief is hard enough without having to go through it alone. We bring you a mix of personal stories, tips for supporting children, teens, and yourself, and interviews with professionals in the grief world. Platitude and cliche-free, we promise. Grief Out Loud is hosted by me, Jana DeCristofero, and produced by the Dougie Center for Grieving Children and Families in Portland, Oregon. Hey listeners, before we get to today's interview, I want to tell you about an exciting development. Grief Out Loud recently partnered with BetterHelp. Have you heard of them? They provide online counseling and support with licensed counselors via video, phone call, real-time chat, and messaging. When BetterHelp reached out to us to ask if we wanted to partner, we thought, well, we better try it before we recommend it to you. So a few weeks ago, I signed up and got connected to a local counselor. It's been great. You know how when you try to find a counselor, especially in the before times, it took a lot of work? When you do finally connect with someone, you might have had to trek across town or even to a different town, navigating traffic and scheduling. With BetterHelp, I got connected in just a few days. The scheduling was super easy, and the commute just required me to walk across my house to a different room. If you're needing support and counseling, give BetterHelp a try. You can sign up using our specific Grief Out Loud link. It's betterhelp.com forward slash grief, and you'll get 10% off your first month. So once again, it's betterhelp.com forward slash grief. Hey everyone, today I'm bringing you something a little bit different. Rather than an interview, I'm going to be sharing with you the latest tip sheet from the Dougie Center's tip sheet collection. They're primarily written for parents and caregivers who are wanting to support children in their life and teens in their life who are grieving. But there's also tip sheets written specifically for young adults who are dealing with grief, for teens themselves, and for kids and teens who are wanting to support their friends. There's also tip sheets written specifically for teachers, school counselors, and administrators who are also wanting to show up and be there for grieving kids and teens. So you can find the whole collection at our website, dougy.org, and I'll link to where you can find them in the show notes as well. So with today's tip sheet, which is all about going back to school with grief and in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, and we wanted to share it with you in this way because we know when people are grieving, it's really hard to concentrate and it's hard to sit down and focus long enough to read a four-page tip sheet with a lot of text. And for some folks, it's just easier to tune in, to listen to someone else telling them the information. So If you're someone who learns better by reading, you can find it online. And if you're someone who prefers to take in your information uh, through your ears, we're glad you're here today. So children and teens, they spend a lot of their time at school, whether in person or virtual, and they take their grief with them. For some kids and teens, school is really comforting. They find support in the structure, the familiarity, the connections they have with friends and teachers and also the opportunity to focus on something other than grief. For others, though, it can be a tough venture that brings additional stress, uncertainty, and worry. The start of any school year means adjusting to new people and expectations. This is especially true for children who are grieving the death of a parent, a caregiver, a sibling, or someone else important in their lives. Now, with the COVID-19 pandemic and so many unknowns about whether schools will open for in-person classes, be online, or do some mix of the two, 
Going back to school is likely to bring up additional challenges for children and teens who are grieving and also for the adults who care for them. The much-needed focus on racism and the protests against racist violence may be another layer to think about when it comes to supporting children and teens with the transition back to school. How to help children really depends on several factors. How old is your child and what grade are they in? Who died in their life and what was their relationship like? How did the person die? When did the loss occur? In the current context, it's important to consider other losses that children have experienced during the COVID-19 health crisis, and also how the effects of racism and the increased news coverage of racial violence can impact children who are grieving. While each child's experience will be unique to them, these questions may be helpful as you consider how to best support your child or teen. No matter what our age is, we experience grief on many levels emotional, physical, cognitive, spiritual, and behavioral. Whether it's the emotional ups and downs of relating with peers, trying to focus on schoolwork, or having to talk about family culture and beliefs and how those impact us and the world around us, school can be a place that engages multiple facets of grief. Transitions can be difficult for anyone, but especially so for those who are grieving. As your family moves from the rhythm of summer back to school during the COVID-19 pandemic, children and teens may be worried, irritable, or overwhelmed. You can support this transition by planning ahead and talking about upcoming changes, changes related to bed and wake-up times, chores, start and end-of-day routines, homework expectations, and after-school activities. In the context of COVID-19, these routines might be different than in the past years. And as an adult, you might not have all the information you need to help your child or teen make a solid plan. So we suggest talking with your children and teens about what you do and don't know as a starting point. And then from there, you can work together to create some sense of predictability with new routines and rituals. If your child is going to be doing school online, think about a way to symbolize the start and the end of the school day. Ideas include moving the computer or covering it with a favorite piece of cloth ringing a bell or banging a drum, maybe saying a favorite phrase could be one that the person who died used to say all the time, or really anything else that works for your family. One of students' biggest back-to-school concerns is wondering who knows about the death and what details do they have. If the death happened over the summer, or if your child is starting a new school, ask what they would like to have shared with their teachers and their classmates. Your child's first instinct might be to keep the death private. Often, children fear being treated differently or being seen as that kid whose parent or caregiver or sibling died. While it's important to honor your child's wishes, talk with them about the challenges of trying to keep the loss a secret and how doing so can take a lot of energy and also limit their ability to be open and authentic with their friends. When teachers know a child is grieving, they are so much better equipped to be supportive and understanding. So talk with your child about the power of being able to tell their own story rather than having people find out in other ways. Here are eight other back-to-school aspects to consider. First, address fears and worries while also making space for excitement and celebration. While going back to school can spark fear and worry for children and teens who are grieving under regular circumstances, these might be particularly intense in the context of COVID-19. Ask your child or teen what they are concerned about and what questions they have. 
Remember, children and teens might not share the same concerns that you have as an adult, so be open to their responses. You can provide information, ask clarifying questions about what they might need or want, and model ways to manage those fears and worries. Here's an example. If your child is worried that they will bring the virus home, you can say, sounds like you're really worried you're going to catch the virus at school and bring it home to us. You know, sometimes I worry about that too when I go to work. And when I find myself feeling nervous, I remind myself about the things that I really can do to keep myself and others safe. I wear my mask, I stay six feet away from people, and I wash my hands a lot. Do you have other ideas for what helps you feel safe? It's also important to let children and teens know that it's okay to feel excited about going back to school, even if school looks really different this year. When children and teens are grieving, they can feel guilty that if they have a good day or they aren't always thinking about the person who died, that they're doing something wrong or dishonoring them. Remind them that having fun doesn't mean that they miss or love the person any less. Two, acknowledge how cultural expectations and personal experiences impact grief. How people grieve might look different depending on their age, where they grew up, cultural expectations, their religious or spiritual backgrounds their experiences of racism and discrimination, gender norms, and expectations around helping with chores and caring for other people. You and your children might see families in movies or on TV shows and start to wonder, are we doing this wrong? Talking with your child about how various cultures, generations, families, and even neighborhoods have different ideas about the right way to grieve can help them to feel more comfortable with how they experience and express grief. Three, Make a safety plan for difficult days. Throughout the year, there will be days that are more difficult than others. These days might be your child's birthday or the birthday of the person who died, the anniversary of the day that someone died, or any event connected to the death, such as a diagnosis, a hospital stay, or those firsts and lasts, maybe the first baseball season without the person who died, or the last time a person came to visit someone at school. Talk with your child about what they might need on these days when they feel overwhelmed. Then collaborate with school staff to identify strategies for your child to access that support. If your child is doing online school at home, talk with them and their teacher about a way to signal on the virtual platform that they need to take a break or that they need some individual support. One family used a plan where the student could silently place a pebble on their teacher's desk as a sign that they were going to the office for a short break with a counselor. If your child is at home, you could utilize a similar strategy, finding an object they can use as a signal that they need a break or just some time to connect with you. Even if your child never implements their difficult day safety plan, it can be reassuring to have one in place. Four, find ways for children and teens to check in with you and other caregivers. After a death, children and teens may worry that something's going to happen to the other people in their lives. Going the entire school day without a check-in can be a lot to ask, especially in the first few months after a death. Talk with your child and the school staff about how they can check in with you or others at certain times throughout the day. This can be as simple as a quick phone call at the school office, a lunchtime text, or checking in with you at home between online classes. 5. Make a plan for school routines and after-school activities. If the person who died was a part of a child's school routine, like the pickup or drop-off or lunch visits, those times of day can be especially difficult. Ask your child ahead of time about these and talk about the options. 
Some children will want to keep things as similar as possible, while others may want to try something totally new. Consider after-school activities that are affected by the death. Is your child used to having a snack and going to the park with their grandmother every day? Or did your teen go over to her best friend's house to work on homework? Not knowing what it will be like can sometimes be the hardest part of grief. So work together to come up with an after-school plan. If the after-school plan has to be different because of COVID-19, make space for your child or teen to grieve these changes on top of what's already different because the person died. This gives your child a chance to talk about what they will miss and also be part of coming up with new alternatives that they can look forward to. Six, address challenges with concentration, organization, fears, and the unknown. Grief can take a toll on our ability to focus and complete tasks. As one teen shared, thinking about my sister's death took up all of my brain space. There wasn't any room left for algebra. Your child may need additional reminders about assignments and also may need extra time to complete them. Having trouble with focus and concentration can be exacerbated by the fear and unknowns that come with the pandemic and the increased awareness and news coverage of racism and racist violence. It's helpful to talk with children and teens about the news and media they are engaging with. Invite them to ask you questions or discuss how they are feeling when they watch, read, or hear about the news and the world around them. Having someone they trust to talk with about their fears can help children feel safe and better able to focus on challenging tasks. Okay, we have two more. Here's number seven. Make time for recreation, play, and friends. Students who are grieving still need time for rest, relaxation, and fun. Play is how children, especially young children, process and integrate what is happening in their world. If the person who died was a big part of their play and fun, it's helpful to be aware that they might be worried about who will do those activities with them now? As an example, if your child had a weekend tradition of watching movies or playing video games with the person who died, ask if that is something they want to continue to do with someone else or if it feels too painful. Let children know it's okay to keep traditions or to change them up completely. Sometimes a loss can leave a parent or a caregiver with significantly less time and financial resources for recreation and play. If this is true, Are there people in your community who can help? For many children, knowing they have dedicated time to spend with the adults they care about, no matter what the activity is, is really the most important thing. Sitting down once a day to read a book together, spend time with a pet, play a game after dinner, or even just have a dance party are great options for connecting. COVID-19 restrictions might mean that your child or teen isn't able to meet up with the people they turn to for support and fun. While it's not the same, creating opportunities to connect via phone or video chat with extended family members and friends can be helpful. Depending on your specific community's guidelines, it might also be possible for children and teens to connect outside and with appropriate physical distancing. Okay, we made it to the last one, number eight. And really, this should be number one. Find ways to take care of yourself. Research shows that the outcomes of children who are grieving are strongly connected to how their adult caregivers are doing. Self-care is often easier said than done, especially when you're grieving and it feels like just one more task on a very long to-do list. Whether it's finding time to be by yourself, connecting with others, exercising, getting enough sleep, being creative, or anything else that brings you ease and comfort, attending to your needs is one of the best ways you can support your child. If you need additional ideas for self and family care during COVID-19, please see our tip sheet when your world is already upside down. Supporting Grieving Children and Teens, 
during the COVID-19 global health crisis. It's available on our website, dougy.org. All right. Thanks for sticking with me for this long tip sheet. And just remember, returning to school is a really significant experience for every student and particularly for those who are grieving. So no matter how your child feels about the start of school or how you feel about the start of school, we really hope these ideas and suggestions will provide you with a good foundation for talking with them about their concerns and finding ways for them to feel supported and understood. If you have other questions or you want to just talk through the plan you're trying to create with your child and your teen, you can always reach out to us at the Ducky Center. You can call us at 503-775-5683 or you can email us at help at Dougie.org. All right. Thanks for listening for the first in the series of tip sheet podcast episodes. We hope you'll join us again next time.